Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Today, we've got a question which is only tangentially relevant to learning languages. So this is going to be one of those ones where it's more of a personal interest thing, I guess. Anyway, um, before we get into that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. italki have been sponsoring the show since 2000 and I always forget, 2015, 16, I don't know, one of the two. Anyway, years and years and years. I love them to bits. They are a place to find language teachers. So if you want to practice speaking your target language more, which would be a good thing, you can go to I will teach you a language dot com forward slash free lesson and you will get guess what a free lesson ten dollars worth of free credit which you can put towards a couple of trial lessons try out a couple of different teachers see if you find someone that you like and then um your 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 home dry is that the right expression yeah anyway i will teach you a language dot com home and dry that's it right i will teach you a language dot com forward slash free lesson to get that deal from italki. All right, then, now I've got a question here, which, like I say, is not really related to anything. Um, but, but uh, you know, sometimes it's good to talk a bit more about uh, about me, right? Um, I know lots of you guys have, have questions and you find the various things that I've got up to in my life um, inspiring, funny, pitiful, <laughs> whatever. Pick, pick your adjective. But anyway, uh, Philip... Uh, has asked me about becoming an IELTS examiner. Now, IELTS, for context, before I read you this question, IELTS is the International English Language Testing System. It is a an English test which is used very widely across the UK uh, and the Commonwealth in particular, so uh, Canada, Australia, UK. And it is um, used a lot by people who need to assess English level for immigration and university purposes. So, for example, if you want to emigrate to Canada, you need to take the IELTS test. If you want to get into a university in the UK, you have to um, get a certain IELTS score. It is something you, for those of you who are not learning English, you've probably never heard of it. But if you are learning English, you almost certainly do know about it because it's a very important test if you want to do kind of big things that require um, language levels. And I used to be an IELTS examiner in a previous life. And... um, I've mentioned that before, and so Philip asked me a question about it. He said, I did the IELTS test about a year ago here in Vienna. I didn't know you were an official examiner of it. How hard is it to be one, and why did you stop working as one? And he said, I guess it's pretty lame after a while. So, yeah, I'm just going to talk about this uh, for those of you who are interested. In fact, there was um, I did a, uh, a conversation, had a conversation on the podcast with the host of the IELTS podcast not so long ago. It must have been about six months ago or so. So we can, I think, uh, those, um, we, we talk a lot about that, about IELTS in there. So if you are learning IELTS, scroll back up the podcast. I can't remember which episode it is, but um, we had a big, long conversation about how to do better in your IELTS exam. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so I used to be an IELTS examiner. So what that meant was that I would, usually on a weekend, always on a weekend, actually, I would go up to the examination center with a bunch of friends who were also um, examiners. And we would spend the day examining. It was usually a full day, a very long day. And you kind of sit in a room and you get uh, you get one candidate after another coming in. And you basically go through 
the motions um, and you, you you start off the test by saying this is the international uh, English language testing system um, examiner and then candidate and blah 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 there's a whole script you have to read it's extremely scripted and extremely uh, is very very controlled and you have to follow very very strict guidelines as the examiner um, in, obviously in order to make it impartial for, for the students and um, and anyway so yeah I the basic reason that most people who are abroad become IELTS examiners is to supplement their teaching income. That's basically what happens, right? So if you're an English teacher, then you can make quite a bit of extra money as an examiner. And so you have to kind of give up a weekend day and then you go and you spend a day, but you might be able to, um, I can't remember what the, what the, what the pay is, but it's usually better than, than teaching. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not it's uh it's a different kind it's tiring um but in a different way to teaching you're not like when you're teaching you're kind of on your feet all day it gets very exhausting uh when you're examining you're not on your you're sitting down in a chair all day but you have to concentrate very very hard because you have to, everyone people you know you get one candidate after another coming into the room and then you've got to pay very close attention to their english and grade them on all these different levels and it's uh it, it, it's hard work it's very tiring and um, but lots of lots of English teachers do this because it's kind of it's just a good supplement um, to your income, and it's also it's also quite quite cool. I I found that when I was an an IELTS examiner, that was the, the training that I had to go through for that, and it's very intensive training, and you have to do regular refreshers as well. Um, but the you know that was one of the things that I did becoming an examiner, which which helped me understand what it means to speak and write a language more than anything else I think because as an when you're doing these speaking tests you've got to pay so, you've got to pay so much attention to the words and phrases and the grammar and the pronunciation that people are using when they're when they're speaking and you've got to assess every different element of this you have all these different categories right fluency accuracy pronunciation vocabulary range <laughs> And stuff like that, and there are, and you have these kind of big bands of descriptors and categories, and and you, it, it, you really have to pay attention. It's like a forensic examination of someone speaking, and you never get to do this as a as a regular English teacher, because you're normally focused on other things. You're teaching a class, and you've got a pre-prepared lesson or, or whatever. With IELTS, you've really got to learn to to make judgments on these different aspects of language, and it's it was very very good training. And there are some concepts and things that I learned about 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 speaking and about language by becoming an IELTS examiner, which I, I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And uh, and so I would really recommend it to somebody. I, I think the main reason that I did it was because I, you know, when I was when I was doing this stuff, I was living in Japan, I was teaching English, and I I wanted to just do more, and I wanted to learn new things, try new things. I, I mean, I'm, you know, this is partly how I've managed to build. I will teach you a language into the the business that it is. I mean, I'm always someone who's always kind of moving forward and trying new things and wanting to take the next step, um, whatever that is. And and so I, I just wanted to do it. I wanted the training, I wanted the learning, and I also wanted a bit of extra cash as well. It was always useful. I remember my friend Alex said um, that <laughs> he kind of treated his his the money he got from IELTS examining as a kind of a holiday fund. So he kind of he wouldn't spend the money; he kind of save it up. And then whenever he went on holidays, 
um, he would just be able to, his words were, you know, you, it means you can stay in a hotel instead of a hostel. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the, you know, he's absolutely right. It just, it just kind of gives you, you know, that it's, it's extra little bit of spending money, which you, which can just make all the difference when you, you go on holiday or, or something. And uh, so, um, yeah, but it, it was tiring though, because you're working a full week as a teacher and then you give up a weekend day to go and, and examine as well. This is one of the things that's it's a, a constant kind of um, toss up really as, as in the life of a teacher, it's like, you know, do I give up time to give a private lesson or do examining or whatever to earn a little bit of extra money? And people often do because you don't get paid much as a, as a teacher and more money is always welcome. But it does end up being a very kind of stressful lifestyle. And certainly when I was living and working in Japan, I really worked myself ragged. Um, I don't do very well saying no to things, you know, especially when there are kind of opportunities involved in learning. Anyway, so I did that for about a year in Japan, and then when I went to when I went to uh, Qatar, I was not teaching anymore. I was managing this teaching center, uh, but I kept doing IELTS at the weekend from time to time. I didn't do it that much because yeah, it was just very tiring, and I, I, I kind of wanted my weekends back, you know. But from time to time, the IELTS guys would call me up and say, "Ollie, look, we'll be really short on examiners. Can you come and do a day for us?" And and I, and I go and do it, and it's fun. You kind of keep up your skills, and you have to do at least you have to do fairly regular sessions as an examiner anyway, if you want to keep up your your credentials. And then anyway, so I did that in, in Qatar, and then I moved to Egypt, and then I stopped doing it, and. Why did I stop doing it? I don't remember why I stopped doing it. I, I, I'm i not sure whether it was because when I got to Egypt, I was kind of earning a bit more money and IELTS paid a lot less. So the prospect of giving up your weekend was a lot less attractive. I think that's probably what it is. I don't quite remember now. But anyway, I stopped doing it when I got to Egypt. Uh, and then and then I just I basically just didn't start it up again because I, I if I wanted to do it again now, I'd have to be retrained and... Um, you know, do a refresher training, and it's the same kind of thing. Then I'd have to give up my weekend here in London, and um, you know, in in the in the kind of big list of ways that I want to spend my time, um, that is not really one of them right now. But I'm like I said, I'm very glad that I did it, and it was really great training. And if anyone here listening is an English teacher, um, I would highly recommend training as an IELTS examiner because you will it will really push you, and you'll learn um, a lot. So. But you weren't expecting that from today's episode. But there you go. That's uh, that's what you got. I hope that was interesting. Little window into the uh, into my life from the early 2010s. Thank you, Philip, for your question. It was on a YouTube video. Um, and uh, if you leave me questions on 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 recent YouTube videos, I will pick them up and answer them. So go over to YouTube, look for Ollie Richards, peruse some of my videos. Hopefully, you'll find some of them interesting. I've got a lot on there. And uh, that's about it. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to ask me a, a voice question, which are my favorite questions, then you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask. You can leave a question for me there. All right, that's it for now. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with something slightly more language-related in the next episode of the podcast. Cheers. What is the most difficult stage in learning a new language? Well, many people will tell you that it is speaking. It's when you first start to speak and you have those kind of terrifying conversations in front of a native speaker for the first time. And it's terrifying because you realize that actually all that stuff you thought you knew 
Well, it turns out you didn't know it quite as well as you thought. You begin to freeze up, you trip over, the, over your words, your memory just stops working, and speaking is just an all-round distressing experience. We've all been there, I've been there in many, many languages. And, and to help with this, I've written a series of books called 101 Conversations. And these conversations are designed to tell a story. So right from the first one to the very last one, it tells us a really interesting story that's completely set in the target language. And these, because these are conversations, there is no narrative. There's no fluffy descriptions. It is just blow by blow, real conversations in the target language that are gonna help you learn and memorize the most important words and phrases in the language so that you can speak with more confidence. Now, these books I've written in French, German, Italian, Spanish, English, and they're all available on Amazon. So if you head over to Amazon.com and you search for Ollie Richards 101, then they should pop right up. That is on Amazon.com, search for Ollie Richards 101, and you can find there the Kindle version, the paperback version, the audio version, so that you can train your ear at the same time. There is this, these will keep you busy for weeks, if not months, and they're also super affordable. So I hope you go and check them out, and I hope you enjoy the books. Once again, on Amazon.com, simply search Ollie Richards 101.